Hello and welcome. This is Journey to Success Radio. I'm Diana Dettinger, your host today. And today we have a wonderful surprise. It will be very educational, all about fitness, all about physical and mental health. And today we have Alex Sibiri. That was how they would say it in English. I'm from Italy and I say Chibiri. So Alex is one of the authors in Tom Cunningham's latest book, Journey to Success, Physical and Mental Health Edition, and all of these books, you know, Journey to Success, if you guys are followers, know that they are always, you know, number one bestsellers. They're combination books with authors that get together from all around the world to share their expertise. So especially Alex has his expertise in running, you know, fitness, everything about fitness from seminars to, you know, how he handles and runs his gym. So today we're going to get the cream of the cream of the crop suggestions from Alex, all about how you can even, you know, stay fit in the gym and outside the gym. So welcome, Alex. Say hello to our listeners. Hello. Thank you very much for having me today. I'm really excited to be here. Yes, yeah, super. So Alex was born in Toronto, Canada. I just discovered that he has grandparents that were from Czechoslovakia and Italy, which is why his Italian name is that way, and also uh, has uh, Jamaican blood. So he is been, you know, born and raised in Toronto, Canada, but has uh, an international feel to him already. And he's very, very passionate about improving the lives of people around them. He's, you know, has a lot of different you know, experience working with the YMCA and combined even as an, a CIS athlete. So both with the business development and the gym, he really, you know, wants to give people real practical, tangible ways for health and wellness, which is, is the craze now. I mean, thank goodness. Now people are really wanting this, the work-life balance finding time to be fit and energetic because people are finding that this there's this body you know body mind and soul connection that when your body is fit your mind concentrates it's all tied in so tell us some uh, something about uh, first the chapter that you wrote in the journey to success book um, yeah so the chapter that I wrote basically was just trying to distill some of the things that I've observed over the years uh, of doing this I've been doing this for almost 10 years now exclusively running this gym and I I just kind of noticed some things that some people were always kind of trending to be more successful and other people were kind of struggling but the one thing about the gym that we that I noticed is the kind of kind of workout we do always attracts a very similar personality type so I used to go into this when I came into this industry I really thought personality type was kind of the determining factor in terms of success if you're an A-type person uh, you're more goal-driven you're gonna push yourself a little harder you're gonna be a little more successful potentially but turns out that was not the common factor so in writing this chapter, I kind of wanted to just share some of my insights over the years um, of what I had figured out to be the things that were that people kind of had in common. And usually, it turns out, they were things that weren't as dramatically different as people thought. It wasn't this one magic key that everyone's missing, and that seems to be kind of where the industry's uh, been heading. It's all this, uh, you know, what's the magic key? What's the trick? What's the one thing that you're missing to be able to get this next level of fitness? And it turns out it kind of really isn't one magic key. It's a whole bunch of little things. Well, do you find that people are, you know, because when you said the one magic key, I mean, that is so true. There's people want the magic bullet, or there are so many ways that, that people describe it now. And do you think that's that's a sign of even 
people being lazy and without you know being a, a judgment call that somehow people want the magic bullet because they're less elbow grease kind of work to achieve I definitely think that's part of it but I also think people are you know we have so much information out there uh, and it's all kind of conflicting when you think about it if you just think as an example you know you're, you're listening to the news study comes out hey you know red wine's good for your health red wine's bad for your health coffee's good coffee's bad out this food, you're going to be healthy. If you put in this food, you're going to be healthier. And all these things become so absolute and black and white that people feel like they need to do one of these things or five of these, these things to be fixed. And they keep, you know, it's almost like they're putting their energy and their focus in the completely wrong direction. Where if you focus on some of the smaller day-to-day -day tasks and, and kind of change your lifestyle, one of the things I work with a lot of my clients on, I try to explain them, if you're not happy with some way that your life is right now, whether it's your weight, whether it's your fitness level, whether it's anything in that health and fitness realm, it's actually just a symptom of, of your lifestyle and how you're living right now. So it's not, there's, there's not one specific thing that you're going like, to switch this lever off and it's going to fix all these problems. It's all these little things, the way you're living day to day, this is a symptom that you have. So you need to find and address the cause at the root as opposed to just trying to fix the symptom, which is, I find, what most of these quick fix things are. Exactly. Trick you into finding a different way of being for a temporary period that's usually not sustainable, and then you'll feel a little better real quick, and then it goes back to normal. Well, do people in the gym, since you talked about something that's pretty soft, you know, we're not talking about something like tangible, more emotional, you know, maybe a symptom or a cause. Do people open up in the gym and share what they feel is the stress in their life that's causing them? Some do. Some are just not there yet, you know. Some people are looking to come to the gym for different reasons. And I'm very big on you don't need to be a certain, you know, body type or shape or weight. You just need to be happy with where you are and what you're doing. So as long as you're aligned with your desires and the amount of effort that you're willing to expend in terms of your health and fitness, and don't get me wrong, there's a lot of benefits to putting a lot of focus on your health and fitness, but I don't want to take people who are not willing to put in all that effort for whatever reason and try to, I don't want to even use the word shame them into doing that, but there's a lot of different ways of finding ways to focus your energies to get the most return on your time. And that's what I try to help people find is if you only have a couple hours a week, maybe going to the gym isn't necessarily the right thing for you. Or maybe it is. Let's talk about your lifestyle. What kind of things are you looking for? What are the things that you're missing the most? What are the things you want to achieve? And how can you make this health and fitness journey be a fun and enjoyable part of your life, not a chore like flossing? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, now, you know, nowadays our lifestyle is probably more sedentary. People are just, and even in, in the free time, people will have, let's say, that half an hour of, oh, I'm bored, and the first thing they'll do is they'll reach out to their phone. And and I think that's even increasing the amount of, you know, look at like the, the hormones and everything that are involved in, you know, the, the happiness hormones when you're doing activity. And, and this passive lifestyle now is, is really probably incentivizing people even less to, to get up and make their health a priority when they can get the quick fist happiness by, you know, looking through some funny cat or whatever kind of videos on YouTube, right? You know? Yeah, there's, that, there's that replacement for, I mean, growing up as a kid, uh, just outside Toronto in the suburbs, we were running outside all the time, and that was just a normal thing. Like, we had video games. We had a 
party and that kind of stuff. And, you know, we'd go to the neighbor's house and play, but we'd play for an hour and then you'd run around for four hours. It was very normal. That was It was okay to be bored. And definitely now I've noticed with many people that it's not okay to be bored. It's much easier to be passively entertained. And so I think in this context, for a lot of people, exercising has become this chore when it was a thing that as youth, we, we did for fun. It, was, it never felt like work before. Exactly. Where I got into this kind of training, because for me, the traditional exercise format was very flossing-like. It was very chore-based. I had to go, I had to do this kind of stuff, or else I would be unhealthy. And it turns out it wasn't getting me where I wanted to be. So when I discovered this different style of exercise, it became way more fun. And that's kind of what I was looking for, fun, you're way more likely to do it. Well, is this, is now, is this about, is this related to CrossFit? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, tell us about that. So I found CrossFit about 10 years ago. Most people hadn't heard about it at the time. It's definitely exploded since then. And for me, the premise was the most interesting part of the whole exercise methodology was that it's a little different every time. And we're trying to get you just generally prepared for life. There's no one specific thing we're training for. And for a lot of people, that becomes the biggest thing that they try to knock about it, is that you're not training for any one thing, how can you ever get good at anything? But in real life, unless you're a professional athlete that's making your living doing one specific task, you know, if you're a linebacker in a football team, you got a specific task that you need to train for, and that's how you make your living. The rest of us, we don't know if I'm gonna have to help a friend move and move a bunch of boxes, or maybe go for a run, or. My, my dog runs out of the backyard, I have to run and chase him down. All these things, I don't know what I need to be ready for, but I need to be ready for almost everything in equal amounts. So with CrossFit, the methodology was really focused around general physical preparedness. I want to be ready for a multitude of tasks. And that preparation also makes it interesting because the workouts change every time you, you do them. So they're similar, but they're slightly different. So it kind of keeps your brain involved as well. You're not going to the gym and doing like, oh great, I'm doing workout seven again for the 10th time. <laughs> well, is that even adapted to body shape? If someone is, you know, short and round or tall and thin, or are the exercises pretty much the same? So the way, the other beauty of CrossFit, I mean, there's many in my opinion. It's, it's scalable to all ability levels. Okay. What happens is, no matter how good you are at this kind of exercise, you're able to do some of the movement um, that's appropriate for you. So that could be appropriate for your height, your age, your weight, um, any injuries you may have, because the movements that we use are very whole body. I hesitate to use the word functional because I think that word's been marketed to death and, you know, trying to sell the latest thing on late night infomercial televisions, everything functional. <laughs> we try to use movements that are really close to what you would do in regular everyday life. Picking things up, putting them up over your head, pulling yourself up, squatting down, standing up, doing a push-up, really, really basic things. And then they're all kind of, the way I explain it to some of my clients, it's all on a continuum where if you imagine this continuum has zero on one end and a hundred on the other, we just try to find where on that continuum you lie for each movement and we'll put you there until it's too easy for you. And then when it's too easy, we're gonna move you up a notch so that you're always being challenged. And the beauty of that is when you've taken some time off, you've had a setback in life, uh, something's injured, we can pull you back on that continuum too and then kind of ramp you back up as you keep adapting. So the workout keeps being unique to you every time you do it. Oh, super, super. Yeah, because I find, or I had read articles about one of the biggest problems with people aging 
is, you know, like you were saying, the practical things in life, being able to do the practical things. And there was an article about the you know, domestic accidents, especially older people in the bathroom. I mean, simply having the muscular ability to sit down and stand up from the, the potty. Yeah. And, you know, you can imagine something that, you know, we do ever since we're potty trained at age two, that all of a sudden not to have that physical ability to do that. Or like you were saying, you know, wow, maybe, you know, your kids, or your neighbors have to move and it's pick up the boxes. Well, why in that maybe extraordinary kind of life you know, situation, why risk the backache if you can do these whole body exercises that are going to keep you in shape. I love that idea. I mean, that really is, that's very powerful. And it's not about just, you know, the six pack abs, which could be the consequence of something. It's about having the ability to stretch and move and, and flex and pick up in, in day-to-day life. That is really, really great. Is there an age group that you find love to do this more? Definitely. For the most part, you're getting people 25 to 45. I know that's a big range. Usually what ends up happening is you're getting people at times, just because of the nature of the workout, it's kind of you know addicting in, in the most positive sense of the word. So you're getting people who are in areas in their life where they're able to dedicate you know three to five hours a week of exercise regularly. Um, the real reason, I mean, you, you don't really make a lot of progress working out only one time a week. Uh, and at the same time, there's certain people in different areas of their life where they just don't have the time. You have three kids at home, you're running a career, you're doing, you know, you're really, really busy. Some people just aren't able to make that kind of a commitment. So we're usually getting people just before they get married, just after they get they, uh, their, their kids have gone to school. But at the same time, and we have kids programs, we have, uh, we have a boomers program that basically has people 65 to 80 in it. So we run the whole gambit of, of, of age groups. Wow. And how long does a workout last? We, we organize them in classes. So they sit about an hour. That's a kind of a hybrid of, of what's the most convenient time frame to organize things by. And again, getting you the most bang for your buck. So the big premise of how we organize our things here, and many do, so CrossFit gyms, they operate in an affiliate system. So what that means is there's no top-down control from CrossFit in terms of how we operate. I mean, they have some examples that we can follow, but you're totally, once you meet a certain set of criteria, you can totally run things yourself. So the way we run it here is looking at if I know that most people are going to come in on average three times a week, how can I make sure that you're getting the most return on your three-hour investment every week? And that's kind of where this hour-long session includes a warm-up, some strength training, some uh, conditioning work, uh, and that's kind of where that format comes from, is to make sure that when you're coming in here, you're getting the most for your time. Yeah, that's great. Do you find, I have friends that, that own a gym, and you know they complain that people have this enthusiasm, and they'll come the first month, and they're like really on, and then it, it trickles off. Do you find that with CrossFit, there's more continuous enthusiasm that people continue to come? Yes. I think there's, there's multiple reasons for that, and I've definitely tried to you know, understand how and make that an intentional part of our business because that's one of those things that as a, as a gym owner, if you could bottle that and figure it out, I mean, that's the whole you know, key to the model. Right. A big part of it is the community that we have built in these CrossFit gyms. Every CrossFit gym is like a local watering hole, if you will. It's kind of, a, I call it like a fitness pub. People come in here, they're all kind of on the same page. Uh, you can go there, you can know nobody and 
people will make friends here. People have friends here where they go on trips and they help each other move. People meet their spouses here. It's, it's something that I really honestly, if I hadn't seen this develop myself, I wouldn't have believed it had you told me this 10 years ago. I didn't think it would be that strong of a community. And so the community does a big part of keeping people, as well as all the movements that we do, because there's a, there's a, probably about 40 movements that we use regularly, which doesn't seem like a lot, but the, what that does is there's a lot of opportunity for you to see your progress as you're going. So if you're working out regularly, you're doing stuff for a couple of months, and all of a sudden you realize, like, wow, I remember when I, couldn't, I could only do one of these, and now I can do three. So that kind of is another way that you're not just looking at the, you know, the six pack in the mirror, you're actually seeing your abilities to be fitter and to be stronger kind of exposed and shine in this, in this format. And that kind of helps you, you know, has that positive reinforcement loop that you keep coming back because you're noticing if I'm coming into the gym, things are getting better, things are getting easier. And, you know, oh, and my pants are a little looser, that's a bonus. Wow, yeah, and then even when, you know, if people go on vacation a couple of weeks, and then they come back and all of a sudden they realize that instead of doing three, they're back down to one because, you know, on vacation, maybe they partied or, or, or whatever. And yeah, yeah, that's, that is, that's very, very fun. I think enthusiasm, like you were saying, people, you know, innately, we, we all love that, that child spirit, you know, like you were saying, go to a place, have fun, have it be relaxing, you know, see the progress because that's part of the journey. Hanging around the, it's like, you know, like you were saying, you know, the watering hole, hang around with a, a bunch of friends and do something productive. And then afterwards have even more fun together or go out. That is really, really great. Do you intend on going beyond Toronto or how, how are you wanting to even influence people around the world? The biggest part of influencing people around the world and, and the beauty of this is, I mean, there's, there's over 10,000 CrossFit affiliates right now and so they're all influencing the world in a very similar way but a, a unique to each individual each each location carries a lot of its individual uh, uniqueness that the owner brings to the table the thing that I ha think I have very unique compared to, uh, to the typical CrossFit affiliate owner is I come from a business background there's a handful of us that do that but you that have that background but for the most part it's usually people who are really passionate about the industry and passionate about changing lives they've usually had a really amazing crossfit experience and a story themselves of how it's changed them and so sometimes some of these people run into you know issues with the business because they're not looking at it from the business standpoint which to have a viable business you have to have both you know the product that people want to buy and consume and use and has to be a viable option in that way but then you also need it to be a solid foundational business so that it can provide for the owner you know repairs maintenance all that kind of stuff so one of the big things that I'd, I'm really passionate about is helping some of these other owners that are around that are struggling that have you know the, the personality the mindset the passion but haven't quite figured out the business side of things um, to do it. So that's kind of the goal in the next couple of years is to really start reaching out, either partnering with other existing gyms or helping people who are trainers looking to open up a gym with providing the business, you know, part of the partnership so that they can, uh, that they can handle it. Yeah, because there's so much to business. I mean, business is first getting the people in the door, but then having them with word of mouth advertising, which you know remains the strongest, especially in something that's local. Word of mouth that they're talking about, they're having a great experience, and and then you know the customer service and, and the individual attention. There's so much more than just the location. It's really it's it's a lot about human contact, which it really is. Yeah. And, and that's something that I find you can have a model for that 
but you, you know, you really have to be cut out personality-wise to really want to enter into that space of customer care. You know, people just aren't cut out for that, and I think that's the biggest part of the problem. Is some people think that just by being knowledgeable, you know, they, I think they they don't realize it's equal parts bedside manner and actual equal parts bedside manner and delivery of the, of the product. You can, be, you can be the most knowledgeable trainer in the world. If people don't want to spend time with you, you're never going to make it in the industry. And on the flip side, there's some people who get really frustrated because of these trainers who are really not knowledgeable, but they have a great personality and they've got a really busy uh, full schedule. So they're looking for what's that mix? How do you do that properly? Wonderful. Yeah, because it is, it's a big boom. You know, if you just look at the supplement industry, you look at everything that's, you know, the green and the smoothies and, and everything that people like, you know, nutrition wise can put into their body. It's also taking then care of the, you know, the, the muscle maintenance and the strengths, the, the strengths that, that that's, that's a real big issue. That's, that's really important now, especially with people in, in their sedentary life. Well, what do you propose that people do even in their free time? If they can't go to the gym and they have a 20 minutes, you know, over here in, in Italy, we would say, you know, the, the 20 minutes that the pasta is cooking, they have that 20 minutes free. What can they do either in the home or in their yard that's something similar to CrossFit that they can even see, you know, some kind of progress? Well, just starting with basic body movements, working on a push-up, working on just a squat, and I'm talking like a full down, you know, you're getting down to sit on the, on the toilet squat, not just like partway down. Uh, sit-ups, lunges, just really basic normal things, like the things that you used to do in gym class as a kid that were kind of tough but doable. They don't really require any equipment. You can just do them on your own. Doing things like that just every day, regular, I think is good. A big part of CrossFit is finding a way to quantify your work. So that, okay, I set a clock for 10 minutes. I'm gonna do, you know, 10 push-ups and 10 squats and see how many times I can get done in 10 minutes. And then, you know, next week I'll try it again and see if I can get two or three more repetitions in that same window. And that's a way that you can see your progress. Because you say, hey, you know, a month ago I was doing this every Monday and I was only getting four or five. Now I'm doing it and oh, look at the difference. I'm getting, you know, six or seven rounds in. So you can see how things are improving, which is a big part of it. Yeah, my... my I was going to say, and then, and then other things are, other than that, I think a big thing that people can do are the, it's the little things. It's the, you know, park further away at the grocery store and walk in. Go for a walk every day. Find just little things to do that increase your activity level because those are going to be the things that pay off. Those consistent habits are going to be the big differences that are going to improve things. So true. So, so true. I saw with my, with my youngest son, we had this challenge that we would do planking every day. And it was amazing, even after the first week, how excited we were that we could stay more seconds, you know, in the, in the down, you know, planking position and like on the side and how it became easier. And what I found, um, in, you know, cause I'm, let's say, let's say I'm a life coach, but you know, I do personality and, and, and coaching to help people find their, their, their life path. And there's, I find there's so much strength in family accountability. 
You know, if people can can go as a couple or, you know, like you said, you even offer, you know, the parents and the kids, when you have the core people that you live with and you can be accountability partners, it actually makes conversations fun. I mean, it was it was really fun uh, doing that during the school year with my son and it'd be like, okay, mom, you know, today we didn't plank. And then it's a five minute thing and we get down and we do it. And it was, it's so yeah, it's it's difficult to explain if people hadn't had that experience, you know. Very unifying. Very unifying. Perfect wording. Page, you're really feeling like you got a common goal, and that's what I try to explain to people. With getting your family on board is great, and they don't all have to come to the gym. But the thing is, again, like going back to that issue I explored earlier, if you're kind of not happy with where your current health and fitness level is, is that you need to look and try to change the way you're going to live because it's not going to be a 90-day fix. It's not going to be a six-month fix because the way you're living got you to where you are right now. Yeah. You know, maybe you want to be a family that goes for a hike every weekend. Maybe you want to ride your bike sometime. These are things that you have to do and you have to start incorporating these movements. And, and I think exactly to your like a workout when your whole family's doing it, it's fun. It really is. It really is. And, you know, that can be in lots of forms. You know, we do the planking or, you know, we'll turn on music and start dancing. The unifying moments are, 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 are memories that I find, you know, shape our day-to-day -day life. That, that really make us, you know, go to bed and say, wow, today was a fun day. Or, you know, like in your situation, when people say, wow, I went to the gym and it was amazing how, you know, I could do 10 of those and only a couple weeks ago I could do seven. We, we all need those gratifications, I think, that come from something we achieved inside. And it's not like, you know, you even start off the conversation, it doesn't mean you're a type A person, but every person, in my experience, every person loves to be proud that they did something. Okay, so how do how can people get a hold of you if they're interested either in the Toronto area or like you said, you know, you're wanting to help, you know, struggling gym owners to help them with the business side. That's wonderful. Um, so you can Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. I'm all at Alex Sibiri, C-I-B-I-R-I. Good deal. The gym website is elementcrossfit.com and there's some contact information there as well. And if anyone, you know, specifically is looking for even individual help, looking for to get themselves some coaching to see what they can do at home with their limited time. We also do online individual coaching as well. That's wonderful. And is it is it with household? Do people have to buy equipment to do things at home? No, we usually work around exactly with what you got. And it's a mix of, you know, helping people with their dietary uh, decisions, if you will, um, and as well as, you know, becoming more active. It's always a combo of those two. We find the true lifestyle changes come with when you start being a little more mindful about how you eat and how you move. It's not one or the other. It's got to be both. And even in the gym, you, you talk about the health and, and diet? Yeah, diet's a really big cornerstone of CrossFit, actually, come up with this pyramid as one of the foundational parts of CrossFit where nutrition is actually the foundation of the pyramid. And it's kind of based on the premise of most people try to outwork their diet. You know, they'll eat poorly and they'll say, I'll go to the gym one extra time this weekend. Or I went to the gym today, that means that I've earned, you know, some extra snacks for tonight. And a big part for us is that's not really how it actually works in the body. Um, and we try to be more mindful about making the food choices that we make. And if you're going to have food, what we've noticed a lot of people is if you're going to eat a certain type of food, how do we make sure that you're eating that food because you really want to, not just because it's a bad habit? 
So you're making a choice because it needs to happen or you really want it to happen and not because it's just your habit of going to the drive-thru or cake because it's a Thursday, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what I've found is... Uh, in really, you know, simple, but, you know, I find them sort of, you know, funny, funny, maybe even embarrassing things to say. When food is good for our body, I have found that there's no reason to, you know, wake up with bad breath. <laughs> there's no reason that even when you go to the bathroom, it has to smell. I mean, food that's good for your body, you know, is clean. It, it goes in clean, it comes out clean, and it doesn't leave any, you know, side effects. You know, people will, you know, ask themselves, oh, or they'll follow a diet. Is that good for, for me? And I say, you know, the best way to measure that is, if you wake, you know, you eat a dinner, did you wake up with your mouth feeling fresh? And they're like, no. Uh, well, was it because you had, you know, the wine or the beer or the, you know, the carbohydrates or the meat? And you got to find the elements that aren't really that good for your body. I think a lot of people, everyone would benefit more from taking time to listen to their body instead of trying to, you know, right now, I guess the, the phrase is everyone's trying to hack everything, trying to life hack it. So if I eat this food and do this crazy workout routine for 14 days, I'll lose 10 pounds. It'll be amazing. And again, all these things are not sustainable forms of change. Right. And a lot of the clients that we work with, if I sit them down, I mean, outside of minor disagreements, everyone can tell me what's healthy and what's not healthy. So it turns out so many people are focused on this education or trying to hit, you know, trying to come at this from the same angle of I'm going to teach you what foods are healthy and what foods aren't. And usually ends up being people, everyone kind of knows what's healthy and what's not. It's they're not making the choices that they kind of hoped they were making. So when we try to work with people, try to, well, why aren't you making these choices? Is this a planning thing? Is this a, you, you don't know how to cook thing? You'd be surprised at how many people don't actually know how to cook efficiently. And that's one of the biggest obstacles to them eating healthy and cooking their own meals is because they don't know how to do it efficiently. Um, so it's usually, again, when I was saying it's a symptom, it's a symptom in the fact that if you're not leaving enough time and you're always hitting the drive-through on the way to work or on the way from work, Maybe you need to do something with your scheduling. With a lot of people, it's been go to sleep earlier so you can wake up half an hour earlier and make your own breakfast. And it's things that, you know, this magic superfood diet or shake thing that you need to take, they don't fix. They don't fix the problem. They're going to sell you a product. You're going to take it for 30 days. You'll lose some weight. You're going to go back to your routine. And your routine that you had before got you to exactly where you were unhappy in the first place. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, because even in, you know, in my field with, you know, corporate training and one-on-one -on -one coaching, it's the sustainable change. It's 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 the progress. So people are constantly getting better and they're not on that roller coaster up and down and back to where they were 6 months later, you know? Yes. Yeah. I think that's what's missing today. Everyone wants the really quick fix. I want to suffer. And I try to explain to people, it's not suffering. It's not depriving yourself. It's finding a different way of being on a day-to-day -day basis that's really more aligned with the way you want to be because you're self-identifying as wanting to change this thing about you. So a lot of people get disheartened. You know, They want to lose weight really quickly. I say, hey, if you, if you lose one pound a week for a year, that's 52 pounds. That's a significant change. And a pound a week is not an unreasonable number. You don't have to starve yourself or deprive yourself or work out seven days a week to do that. But you do have to be consistent every day. Right. Did you do martial arts or anything? Because you have a real... A little bit of Taekwondo as a kid, yeah. Yeah, because you've got... There's a lot of philosophy in what you do. 
which which I find is it probably gives it gives you a depth as a human being and, and probably even an energetic feel to 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 your business that is it is really positive. A lot of this stuff is on this intersection of of all these different disciplines. And I think most people try to approach it from just one specific discipline. They're coming at it strictly from the scientific caloric standpoint. Other people are coming at it strictly from the, you know, spiritual standpoint. Other people are coming at it. And, and I think the real, the art is kind of in the combination of where these things all overlap. Because I think all of us kind of communicate and experience life a little differently. So I need to be able to convey this message to people in a, in a way that they'll understand it best. And that's when change happens. Because I feel exactly to that point before where people know what they should be doing. They just sometimes don't know why they're not doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's getting it's getting the positive, the positive habits. And even, yeah, yeah. Because even, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, wake up early or, uh, you know, but some people are morning people. Some people are evening people. Do you find... Do you find it really, you know, mixed that your gym is full across the border or, or, or across the time areas or that, you know, people get better results if they respect their biorhythms? Let's call it that. If they are morning people, do the morning stuff. Yeah, I do think that's a thing. I've noticed a lot of people, though, have made a very successful transition to the more... So people who are admittedly or self, I guess, self-diagnosed as night owls have a big life change. A new career, a, a job that's, you know, a, a one town over, uh, have a kid at home, uh, a young baby. So now they have to change their evening routine, but they're committed to keep the gym in. So they switch and they decide, you know, the only time I can make this work is come in just before six in the morning to get my workout in turns out as this thing starts happening, these people magically become morning people. And I always ask them, like, what's the difference? And this is kind of what the chapter in my book uh, tried to shed just a little touch of light on. And they started mentioning what starts happening is, well, you know, they started going to bed earlier. They started planning their meals out. They started scheduling their day better to make sure that they got there for that 6 a.m. class. It wasn't a, I'm going to wake up in the morning and see how I feel. It was a, this is happening tomorrow that my alarm clock is set. And if I need to wake up at 5 a.m., that means I can't stay up and watch this extra episode of something on Netflix. I need to go to bed right now. And it's those habitual changes that after a while, six months, seven months, these aren't, again, quick 14-day fixes, they're mourning people all of a sudden. They can't help but wake up. They come in on days that they're resting just to stretch and hang out with their friends because they're awake anyways. And that's the thing that I notice the most is it's, I don't think there's a, a benefit to being a morning person. Some people are shift workers and they have to make it work despite their constantly fluctuating schedule. But I think the thing is, can you pick a habit to deal with it? And can you make sure that you're going to do something about it mindfully until the point where you don't have to use your willpower to make this happen every day? Because that's what's exhausting. I think that's what people miss. Because people think that you can willpower your way into a lasting change. And that never is the case. Your willpower gets exhausted from all the things you have to do on a day-to-day -day basis, the making the right decision. Um, and that's not the way to make a lasting change because you're going to exhaust that resource very quickly. Yeah, that was that's, that's amazing you said that because I read an, a wonderful article on willpower that it is actually it is actually something that's chemical like in the brain and it does it does you know you can use it in spurts and then it tapers off 
and it does exhaust just like, like, you know, the gas in the car and then you have to fill it up again or you have to rest. And I, I like to explain it as, you know, there's a part of us that does push and that's, you know, good, but when you really love to do something, it actually pulls you in. And, and that's where, you know, in, in like sort of my metaphor would be the explanation of what you just said. When you know it feels so good, your body feels better, your, you know, attitude is better, you're more positive, you can see the advantages for your physical body, even in your relationships, your stress management, then the gym is actually pulling you in in the morning. You have to be there because there is that, that, that pleasure and it's, uh, it's a whole different process than the push than you know yes. the effort and it's an push can only last for so long right you need to be selective about there are times in life and there are situations where we do need to push but if you're looking for a lasting change the answer is habit based and i think another mistake people make is they want to change create 30 new habits all at once yeah That's also not how it works you got to use your willpower to get this one habit going and once the habit's going and it's automatic Okay, what, what's the, again, the biggest return on my investment of willpower that I can give myself, my health and fitness, so that now this change is going to, again, be lasting? Yeah, what I found is, is has been uh, something for us is really using the telephone, putting the alarm clock on, and saying the busy schedule in the morning, but the alarm clock goes off because I know that predictably I start to get a little bit tired. At 11.30 it is, do the five minute of, of planking just to change the energy, just to do something physical instead of being sitting in front of the computer. And using then the technology as in the telephone and the alarm clock to remind us it's time to take a break and do something that is physical movement. That's exactly it. It's finding those little things that you can be consistent with. Uh, I know some people who did the same thing and they worked from home and they said, you know, every day at noon I'm going for a walk with my dog. doesn't matter if it's rain, sleet, snow. I mean, we get all the seasons here in Toronto. Uh, ice or a beautiful summer day, I'm going to go for a walk. It's going to be at least half an hour. And they made so much progress just by adding that in. And then the crazy part is not only are they reaching their health and fitness goals, but their productivity skyrockets. Wow. It's one of those things where it's, you know, it's good in one part of your life will almost always have a positive carryover to other aspects of your life. Yes. Well said. And I think even the Romans said that, you know, healthy, uh, healthy body, healthy mind. Yes. Or, or the Greeks even. Yeah. That's old philosophy. And we've, you know, we've, we've forgotten somehow in this busy, busy life to, to make our, our health really a, a top priority, top priority. We just don't, to be totally honest, we don't need a high level of health. Like, do I think, you know, is it very beneficial to our longevity and our health and our productivity? Yes, but if you think of the absolute necessity on a day-to-day -day basis where you walk seven steps to your car, drive to the office, take the elevator up to your desk, sit there for eight hours, get back in your car, have stuff delivered to your house from Amazon. You don't, you don't see this weakness exposed on a daily basis, especially if you're not putting yourself in these situations like going to a gym or playing a sport or riding a bike. It's very easy to go decades without ever kind of noticing that, oh man, I'm not really in good shape at all because to survive in our society today, we're so privileged that we don't need it. 
but then not needing it is very easy to lose sight of how important it is because our bodies are what I mean that's what houses our minds without our, a functioning body things are very difficult very very we in in Europe we tend to live more in apartments you know apartment buildings so there'd be like condominium or whatever and I love living like on a third floor apartment with no elevator and doing the steps because that is, you know, forced gymnastics. And it's amazing how, you know, going up and down the steps just, you know, in my in my reality has been such a good help in strengthening my legs because when I had in the previous house that was ground level, I was noticing that my knees were having a little bit, you know, difficulty. And now having the steps, having, having to do something physical, you know, which is difficult if you're, you know, you've got, you walk out the kitchen into your garage, like you were saying, drive to work. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to take the steps because you can, you've got the elevator. There's that even setting up an environment around, around your home where it's easier to reach for, and instead of reaching for the entertainment, choose some kind of stretching or physical activity, you know. Okay, Alex, it's been great to have you as our guest today. Do you have one final recommendation for people who are either on a physical wellness journey or looking to get on one? I think, to be honest, exactly what you said right there, it's a journey. It's not a quick fix. It's not a destination to arrive at. You're keep in mind you're not going to feel different when you have a six-pack or you lose the 10 pounds you want to lose it's going to be the process of getting there is going to change you so truly treat it like a journey and appreciate the changes that you want to make along the way and try to turn them into habits don't try to force yourself into you know a uh a deprived state of being for the next 30, 60, 90 days with the hopes that it's going to turn out well. Really try to focus on how can you, you know, improve your life and make these small changes that are going to essentially become the new you, the you that you want to be. Super. So either we all move to Toronto so we can come to your gym, be in your positive energy, get all these, <laughs> get all these uh, positive changes, or like you said, which is great, you even do the physical, the physical training online. Wow. Once again, your, give us your website and email. Website is www.elementcrossfit.com. And my email is alex at elementcrossfit.com. Super duper. Okay. To your journey and continued journey to success. Thanks again for being our guest. Thank you, Diana. Okay. Talk to you soon.